Jason. Yeah, Brendan. Podcoin. I've heard of it. Have you? I mean, you've told me about it. I have. Yes. Why and don't we tell these fine folks about it? Well, I'll tell these fine folks about it. It is an app. It is. On the App Store. I see. Or, you know, on your uh, Android phone. You could probably sideload it if you wanted to. Well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is an app that, uh, it is a podcatcher app, much like iTunes or, you know, all those other ones. But what it allows you to do is it actually allows you to listen to podcasts and wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, get paid. Paid? Paid. To what do you to mean? Podcasts. You get pod coins. Mm-hmm. And with those pod coins, you can exchange them for gift cards from Ooh. like Starbucks, Amazon, uh, or you can, uh, you can donate to uh, charity if you're that sort of a uh, nice chap. Charitable uh, impulses are good. Yes. And if you can earn some charitable money from listening to podcasts, that's a pretty sweet deal. Exactly. And like any podcast is on there. We're on there. Like that's all that matters. So yeah. just listen to us. There's us. There's probably old episodes of the Ricky Jervis podcast and that's it. And here's the thing, if you listen to our podcast, you actually get, instead of just getting uh, the normal rate, you actually get one and a half times the normal rate of pod coins. Are you shitting me? Just from listening to our just show. Just from ours? Yeah. Wow. And, and Jason, if you sign up today, or if you've already signed up, you can also do this if you haven't entered a promo code yet, you can enter the promo code SCREENPOD, mm. that's S-C-R-E-E-N-P-O-D, and you enter that and you will get... 300 bonus pod coins just to start. So 300 bonus coins, and by listening to us, you get one and a half times the amount of coins. Right. What What a deal. What a deal. If you're listening to us on another app right now, uh, go to PodCoin. Because you're getting paid nothing for doing this. Yeah. You think the Joe Podcatcher gives you any uh, pod coins? They don't give me nothing. They don't. PodCoin is the way to go, folks. Download the app. Enter our promo code. Again, it's ScreenPod. And listen to podcasts, get paid, get get free shit. Get paid for shit you do anyways. Ground floor for fillery, stationery and leather goods, wigs and haberdashery, kitchenware and You've all done very well. Thank you for tuning in. This is Mr. Grace, the proprietor of Grace Brothers. And when I'm not out grabbing a young bird's bottom, I'm selling the finest in retail supplies at your local department store, Grace Brothers. You've all done very well today, and as a reward, you'll be able to enjoy this episode of Full Screen and Country, where they talk about television. Thank you, and somebody get me my nurse. I'm rather hard. Thank you, Harold. Uh, uh, He's been dead for quite a long time. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say this many times. That today. was that was actually young Mr. Grace. Uh, uh, and and you'll note that old Mr. Grace doesn't get out very much. Um. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going to say this many times in this episode. But uh, Jason, you'll have to explain a lot of references to me because <laughs> <laughs> I am in the dark. <laughs> 
Absolutely. So we're just doing a little mini-sode this week, folks. A tiny-sode, a pint-sized episode, because I got shit to do in the Hump of Nova Scotia. Jason, if you were listening to this right now, actually, you know what? Jason, Jason's probably here. If you're listening to this right now, we chance. record this weeks in advance. Weeks in advance. This is, it's actually 2016, no, 2009. Yeah, we're back right in now. time. Yeah, we're yeah. It's in 2009. Obama's president. Everything's fine. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. I don't see how this could <laughs> ever turn out bad. The good times will last forever let the good times roll uh well jason let's uh i mean let's let's we're gonna talk about british tv because we talk about british movies a lot yeah and and, what the bfi top 100 but what if there was a bfi tv top 100 there is actually i looked it up oh really yeah let's just let me pull it up here yeah Um, let's take a look at that i that was that was a complete joke and, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to admit to this right now. I probably have a lot less input than Jason on this one because I watched a lot less British TV. So is there a top 100 you're saying, Jason? Yes. <laughs> okay. Good answer. All right. So I'm going to give you, I'll, I'll give you the top 10 on this. Yeah, give us the top what, 10. So we're, according to the BFI, who are... Let, let's go 10 to 1. Let's go, we'll go 10 to 1. Uh, we'll definitely go 10 to 1. Okay. Um, according to the BFI, whom we know is the the... the Immutable source of all things movie and television. Irrefutably right? correct. Exactly. Uh, English British is probably the 50 yeah. whatever number it is. Much as we disagree with that. So we're going to go through from 10 to 1. We're going to talk the top. According to BFI, this is their top 10 shows. So number 10 is Brideshead Revisited. Which I, is, I believe based on a novel. It's like about rich people. Okay. And I'm going to say this one of many times. No idea. No idea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Number nine is Yes Minister slash Yes Prime Minister, which was a comedy series in the 80s and 90s about uh, uh, initially a, a government minister who works for an unnamed party and then eventually becomes prime minister. And it's all very funny. No uh, idea. Haven't seen it. Parkinson. Don't know anything that about it. That sounds terrifying. Is Michael yeah. J. Fox in that show? Uh, no, but it was uh, BBC One. It ran from 71 to 82, then 87 to 88, and then 98 to now, I guess. I'm going to hell for that comment. Oh, it's a chat show. That's why. It's, a, it's like a... <laughs> Yeah, you are, definitely. Um, <laughs> Boys from Black Stuff. That's number seven. That's Boy, number seven. Boys again. from Black Stuff. Yeah, don't know no that. Uh, I know The Boys from Brazil, which is a different one. Are uh, we going to have to watch all these shows on our next podcast, Jason? Well, uh, Boys from Black Stuff is a television drama of five episodes, so that would be easy to do. I mean, these, yeah, as I say, if we are going to do a top 100 TV series, British should be the way to go, because yes. they're, they're very short. Absolutely. Number six is Blue Peter, which is a British children's television program that I don't know anything else about. That sounds about. like a show about a blue penis. Uh, you'd think, but it's uh, first broadcast in 1958, so it's been around for a long time. So definitely not a about a blue penis. Definitely not about a blue penis. Number five, Monty Python's Flying Circus. I am familiar. We will talk about that. Uh, number four is The Naked Civil Servant. No idea. Uh, from 1975, uh, based on Quentin Crisp's 1968 book of the same name. I have heard Quentin Crisp's name before. Uh, number three is Doctor Who, of course, has been around for many years I know and of continues it. there. Yeah, I'm aware of its existence. And then uh, number two is called Kathy Come Home, which is interesting. It's from 1966. It's actually a play. And it was part of the Wednesday Play program, which, uh, like, it, it, like if you remember, we in James Bond episode we talked about how the first James Bond production in, was, uh, like, on TV was a Playhouse ninety production mm-hmm. where James Bond was a CIA agent named Jimmy Bond. Uh, now, Kathy, you're referring to is of course Kathy Griffin. Sure. Yeah. No, this one actually stars uh, uh, Carol White and Ray Brooks as Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Weird. Absolutely. And then, of course, number one, <gasps> the number one film or number one TV show of all time, not the number one film, that's the third man, the number one TV show uh, of all time on the BFI list, 
1975's Faulty Towers. I have heard that. I've seen a little bit. That is a hilarious show, and I'll also talk about that because that's on my list. So, the reason we're talking about this, I wanted to talk about it because I, you know, I want to talk about my own history with it. I was first introduced really to British TV uh, when I was in my teen years. Uh, we received the main PBS station here in, well, in Nova Scotia, where I'm from. PBS? Yes, PBS. Okay. PBS over the years has aired a lot of uh, British TV. The Avengers, of course, as we talked about in the Avengers episode. Made it to a fantastic movie. Yes, made it fantastic. Go back and check that out if you haven't. I, I love it. Definitely didn't air on April 1st. We're Don't very even worry drunk about it. In the course of that episode. Yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, when I was a teenager, I started watching. Um, Actually, on the advice of my friend Justin McCollum, who may very well be listening right now. Hi, Shout Justin. Uh, I, I give you all the credit in this because I'm pretty sure you suggested this to me. Uh, I started watching a British sitcom called Are You Being Served? Which, you, at the beginning of the episode, you would have heard the theme song from that uh, that show. Yes. Which I love very much. Now, Are You Being Served is a show. It's a, like so many, uh, we were going to talk about some of the tropes of British TV. Um, it was very much kind of a... a Oh, it was a farce, a bit of a farce. It was very campy sometimes. It was a comedy. But it also it was a lot about the class system and about kind of trying to be more than you are. Um, so the, the the two main characters that are like that in the show are, are the, the floor walker, Captain Peacock. Captain Stephen Peacock, he was in the army. Did uh, a lot of he peeled a lot of potatoes during the war in Africa. Um, he thinks he's like the boss on the floor and he holds himself very high, very prim and very proper. Uh, and kind of looks down at people. And then there's Mrs. Slocum, who runs the ladies' department, who is from northern England. She is very lower class originally, but she talks in a very posh accent, and it only changes when she gets mad, and she turns, all of a sudden she's in a northern accent. What you do? And she also enjoys talking about her cat, Tittles, uh, which she constantly refers to as her pussy. She talks about her pussy and all the things her pussy has gotten into and what her pussy's up to. And is it meant to be that kind of joke? Oh, yes. It's oh, very... Wow. See, Are You Being Served is a show that is built on the structure of Dublin-Ton. Mrs. Slocum, Mr. Rumbold would like to know why you're late. Well, the central heating broke down. I had to light the oven and hold my pussy in front of it. <laughs> Slocum. Well, if I'm to spend an evening in this club, there'll have to be accommodation for my pussy. <laughs> 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 Mr. Humphreys, leave my pussy alone. Uh, one of the characters in the show, uh, in the men's department, Mr. Humphreys, he is clearly a, at minimum, gay, probably bisexual character. Now, this was in the 70s. I'm sure England. it was handled very sensitively. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as I've often said, one of my favorite lines in the show is when the, the younger uh, uh, associate, Mr. Lucas, is talking to Mr. Humphreys and, and something happens and Lucas says, uh, well, you know what they say, Mr. Humphreys, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And, and Mr. Humphreys looks at him and goes, oh, well, that's why I sit in the fence. Sit on the fence so I can see what's growing in both gardens. <laughs> oh. I'm free. And also, the, it was another trope, catchphrases. There was mm. very many catchphrases in the show, primarily among them, Mr. Humphreys saying, I'm free. When they would ask, Mr. Humphreys, are you free? And he would go, I'm free, in a very campy gay way. Um you also have like a clip from this uh, from this show. I yeah, I, I just wanted to play this a little bit here too because this was in the seventies, and another trope that you'll find in a lot of se- casual uh, uh, is casual racism. <laughs> and uh, we have a clip here from an episode of Are You Being Served, I believe, called Monkey Business. So this is this is a clip of uh, of a Japanese man uh, talking to them and having a little trouble with their with his speaking and how they respond. And this 
Honorable Mr. Lucas. Lucas, so. <laughs> no, no, Lucas. Lucas. No, Lucas. You must, you must understand, Mr. Lucas, that this gentleman is Japanese, and he has difficulty getting his tongue round his eyes. <laughs> thought it was just a matter of practice <laughs> well there's also the joke about is i'm guessing that's a double entendre of his tongue around his arse yeah. yeah yeah exactly that's the kind of stuff you're in for when you watch are you being served but i love that show it it ran it was of course like every british show it ran for like 18 years and had 69 total episodes <laughs> 18 years and ran for 52 minutes that's right yeah it uh but i i recommended it the, the actors are fun and they're all dead now actually which is quite sad nicholas campbell who played uh, mr rumbold actually passed away a couple of years ago and i believe he was the last actor alive from that tv show actually a little behind the scenes we were almost going to do that movie mm-hmm uh, instead of, instead the, of Avengers. the Avengers, actually, in retrospect, I'm glad we did the Avengers because the Avengers <laughs> was so fucking terrible that yeah, yeah, the, it the, was a little hard to find too, and I feel like a lot of people didn't maybe maybe didn't know what the movie was. But maybe but, hey, if you want to hear us do that sometime for a fun episode, let us know. Or yeah. if you've got another British TV film you think we should watch, let us know because there was a time when in Britain they would often make like theatrical releases of TV shows. Well, where they would make a, a film based on a TV show and put it a, out there. Has there ever been a Doctor Who movie? Uh, there was a Doctor Who TV movie in 1996. But a theatrical I don't believe film. so. No. no. Interesting. I, I think they have shown, I believe, during the 50th anniversary of The Doctor when they made that special episode with John Hurt. I think he was in it um, as The War Doctor. I think right. they may have shown that in some theaters, but it was like a promotional thing. It wasn't... But of course, now it's ruined because a female's playing the doctor, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and as we know, women can't do anything. So why would we ever put them in a position of any sort of authority? Right. Well, I'll talk about a British show I like. Sure, because yeah. I'm not going to have a lot of these, Jason. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't give, have a, a, give me something a wide breadth of knowledge. Yes. I mean, you're going to talk about Monty Python. and clear, Obviously, I, I know Monty Python, so mm. we'll talk about that later. But I really, um, I kind of binged on Netflix the, uh, it's kind of a more modern show, mm-hmm. but uh, the IT crap. Yes, uh, the Graham uh, Linehan show. Yeah, with, I um, oh, can't even think of the fucking actors. Uh, uh, we've got uh, Chris, um, uh, what's his name? He's an Irish guy. Chris Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd. Plays Roy. Yes. And uh, we've got uh, the wonderful, uh, from many things, uh, uh, and from panel shows, uh, Richard Iodi as, yes. as Moss. Which, by the way, if you want to watch uh, some truly awkward interviews, watch any interview with Richard Iodi. It is... <laughs> yes, he's got a very nasal voice, oh. and he's very funny, but he's also a bit awkward. Oh, he's um... super, super awkward, However, but it's but it's almost... It's funny, though. I will tell you, though, if you want to see Richard Iodi in his element, you should watch any episode of 8 out of 10 Cats, where he is on a team with... Um, Noel Fielding from The Mighty Boosh. The two of them are so fucking hilarious together. No, you can you can make it up. How? Because there's a massive question that is worth 15 points at the end. Really? really? Are you being Genu- serious? No, genuinely. True? Okay. Is that true? Jimmy, That's genuinely true. Jimmy, is that really Jimmy, true? I'm not lying to you. Jimmy. Is that true? It's genuinely Jimmy, true. Not lie to me. I will not lie to you. Jimmy, is that true? I'll give you this eye patch if that's true. That is true. The British love panel shows, and so they're basically like fake game shows, kind of like At Midnight was here. At Midnight was a version of a panel show. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 it's ostensibly some sort of a game, but the points don't matter. Whose line is in any way famously used that line? Yeah. So also I wanted to see about the IT Crowd. The IT Crowd is a hilarious show. And it's absurd. 
it's very absurd. It, it's British in the best ways. Like it's they, they tried a couple times, I think, to make American versions of that show, and, and it just did not. They, they never got past the pilot stage. Oh, okay. Because I thought I had heard there was like a. See, when I watched it on Netflix before, yeah. when I when I found it on there, I thought, they, okay, I guess they just have the American version. Like I thought that was the American version, no. but I thought I thought they had run it successfully as an American. Nope. Show. Uh, okay. They did make a pilot, and that pilot featured Richard Iote as Moss mm. uh, and uh, Joel McHale in the uh, Chris O'Dowd role. I mean, that's not a bad choice. No, not a bad, not a bad choice yeah. at all. And but again, didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, I, I and that's like I said, I I really liked that show. Um, it's one that I binged in a week, maybe I want to say yeah. again. Not a lot of episodes, not very hard. And while we're talking about uh, 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 Graham Linehan's work, I'd also like to mention another show that is on the list of top British shows. But Wait, I, before you do, who's the actor that plays the boss in that show? Uh, well, it's in uh, from the first season, the boss is played by, what's the guy's name? He was on Brass Eye, Chris something. He plays Denim. But then he jumps out the window at the end of the first season, <laughs> and Matt Berry comes in. Yeah, uh, great you, character. You may know Matt Berry. He's currently on uh, What We Do in the Shadows on FX. Oh, I gotta check out that. Yeah, show. it's very funny from what I've seen. Sorry, um, so go ahead. So yeah, Graham Linehan was also responsible for uh, a show called Father Ted, which was a uh, which I that. highly recommend. The the late great Dermot uh, Mulroney, I think that's his what? name. Did you say the late great Dermot Mulroney? Yeah, yeah, he died like months after they finished filming the third season. Or not Dermot Mulroney. Dom- what the <laughs> hell is his name? Uh, let me just look it up here. <laughs> like the guy I always confused with Dylan McDermott is dead. <laughs> Father Ted. Uh, guys, uh, newsflash: Dermot Mulroney still alive. Dermot Morgan. Please, please. I just hold on though, Jason, because like this is important. We have to do this right now. Mrs. Mulroney, your son is alive. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's in our basement, but he's fine. He's very cooperative. Now give us the money. Twenty thousand dollars. Should I have asked for more? Twenty-five. Twenty-seven thousand. Yeah. Or Dermot. Gets the American Horror Story treatment, and I just realized Dylan McDermott's in that show. Ah, yes. No, I'm talking about Dermot Morgan. The great ah. Dermot Morgan played Father Ted. It was a uh, they they. It was about a number of priests that lived together on a place called Craggy Island, which was a shitty island off the coast of Ireland. It sounds like it just by the title. Yeah, uh, Dermot Morgan played Father Ted. A uh, 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 Arlo Hanlon played uh, Father Dougal, and of course Frank Kelly played the great Father Jack. Father Jack, of course, was drunk all the time and said things like "fuck," uh, just "fuck." And arse on a TV just, show. Shoot, yeah, oh yeah. He would just shout out things, and it was very funny. It was very brutal on the clergy. It was it was a hilarious piece of satire. It's a very funny show. Fake, fake, arse, girls. Now, all that being said, I love the IT crowd, and I love Father Ted. Uh, Graham Linehan is kind of a piece of shit. Mm. He's super anti-trans people on on Twitter. I don't know why he, but he is really hard on that, and it's like. Uh, because uh, I follow him on Twitter because I like his work, but man, he doesn't shut up about it. He's always going on about trans people and stuff. And I don't when know that what happens, his issue is, and when that happens, the best you could say is it doesn't come through in the shows. No, at least. not as far as I can tell. I'd have to go back and watch again to see. Yeah, um, but as far as I remember, I don't remember anything. But also, like that's the thing. The, he's the, one of these guys that seems like he's almost there. Like he's like ninety percent a pretty cool guy, and then he's got this one thing that for some reason what's he just the shit he's can't let saying? go of. Oh, he's... Uh, uh, so there are groups of feminists that believe that trans people are trying to essentially usurp their... Like, like essentially usurp their womanness. Like, by a, by a man transitioning to a woman that, that somehow is, like, trying to to 
take over the feminist movement or you know it's, i've it's heard just, about this it comes yeah. a lot uh, you've heard the term trans exclusionary reactionary feminist a turf okay yeah that's what these people are they are so they is that are, what he's like kind of supporting yeah or? oh yeah absolutely okay. he's he's a a turf in the traditional sense. well i mean gotcha. it, you know he, he's ob- i mean again he's almost there. he's like he's a feminist he supports women he's a pretty left-wing guy for the most part and, but there's that but little there's that thing that you know and as a person yeah. that does have trans friends you know i don't like to hear that it mm-hmm. sucks i mean I get if you have issues maybe with certain things, but like at the end of the day, fucking relax. Like mm-hmm. don't your Twitter is is it could be used for so many other great things. But anyways, enough about Graham Linehan. Fuck off. All right, so well, uh, I mean, it, I think you know what though, Jason. I'm gonna say, I mean, you could say that with a lot of great filmmakers. Oh yeah, there, no, no, there's a lot there's, of brilliant. We, we know assholes. how much of a piece of shit David Lean was. <laughs> there's a lot, but I don't know if he's a Graham Linehan, but no. there's a lot of brilliant assholes. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm not going to denigrate the guy's talent. Like we mentioned about James Woods, he's a fantastic actor who's a terrible person. Want, and and to be fair, James Woods is a lot more of a terrible person than Graham Linehan is. But well, <laughs> what we can even say even worse than any of those people is someone like Roman Polanski. Yeah, exactly. Who's made Rosemary's Baby, one yeah. of the best movies of all time. Yeah. He's he's he raped a thirteen-year-old girl. Yeah, under a, convicted of rape. So, we don't I even mean, need to say allegedly. It, he was convicted. He was convicted. Of, he was found guilty. He yeah. fled the country. The end. But enough about him and the Ninth Gate. I don't want to talk about that movie anymore. The Ninth Gate is coming up next week. <laughs> um, another show I loved, uh, also in the vein of already being served. Or of course, it, it aired around that time on PBS. Was uh, Keeping Up Appearances, which another show about class. <laughs> like was Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah. No. 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 This is about uh, Hyacinth bouquet and her husband richard uh mm-hmm. their name is actually bucket as richard often says it was bucket when i was born and it's bucket now but hyacinth is from a lower class family but she aspires to be seen as upper class and to be seen as like you know like a fancy lady and so but meanwhile she has to deal with her husband richard who richard is long suffering but he's a lovely guy but he's also doesn't have the desire to be as fancy as her and then she's also going to worry about her own family her sister and her brother-in-law onslow who is uh, uh who basically sits in his chair all day and watches tvs and watches tv and said he says he's the breadwinner of the house even though all his money comes from betting on the horses and social security <laughs> and she kind of tries to keep them hidden away but the uh patricia rutledge uh plays her and she is great is a tour de force for the for this lady she's awesome so i highly recommend that one uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus, of course, we mentioned earlier. I mean, what can you, you say about it? You guys, it is, people, you guys know. You guys, if you don't know, I actually now you know. I gotta say this. Um, I'm not gonna call out his name because I don't want I don't want to feel embarrassed. But a friend of mine the other day, I mentioned we mentioned Monty Python, and he had never even heard of it. Wow, because you think most people usually hear about Monty Python and the Holy Grail, if nothing else. Nothing. Yeah. I said. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I was like, Life of Brian, Meaning of Life, like Flying nee? Circus, Night <laughs> to Say nee. Nothing. Just, well, that's okay. I mean, and that's understandable, too. No, it's not! I mean, especially nowadays, I don't know that there's any Canadian channels that air Monty Python. I only was able to watch it because Bravo aired it back in the late did, 90s and early 2000s. Did you happen to catch their reunion special a couple years ago? Uh, no, I didn't see that one. I saw it in theaters. Very yeah, good. It was good. The, yeah. the, Mike Myers made an appearance. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's filling British. in for Graham Chapman He's at some British. point. Did he come out and say, stop all this silliness? He, and he, he literally just came out and said, I love Monty Python. And he was like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> it was a very quick cameo. Well, and as a guy who really latches onto his British Scottish heritage, you know, I could see why he would appreciate that TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Monty Python, I mean, does, does all of it hold up? No, but most of it does, I would say. And I always laugh. It's so absurd. It's so absurd. And it's so, 
for a comedy of its day, this was like the seventies, like early early late sixties, early seventies, late sixties, early seventies. It's a lot more fast paced than a lot of other things. At the oh time. yeah. So if one thing doesn't doesn't connect with Just you, wait. Yeah. Give it thirty seconds and you'll like something else. Like it's, you'll it's, see a connecting Terry Gilliam animation and they'll be on to something new. There's also a uh, I noticed on the show when I was watching the show again on Netflix. I caught I watched a lot of it back. But there's a female cast member they had a lot of times, and she was really good. Like she was almost like underrated in that sense. Uh, Carol Cleveland she would be on. Is that her name? Yes, Carol okay. Cleveland. She, she was, was always very, she was very good. good. Oh, Bevis, I thought you were so manly. <laughs> the lumberjack song, of course. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Yeah, and so yeah, those guys are great. Um, we love their stuff. Also, Neil, uh, shit, I don't remember his last name, but the guy who did all the music for their show. Yeah. Wrote all that stuff. Uh, if you've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, he's the guy that sings "Brave, Brave, Brave, Brave Sir Robin." Uh, but yeah, Monty Python, check it out. So, other shows. We're not going to go too long on this, folks. But I, I, we're already twenty minutes into this, and it's longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, so, uh, panel shows. I mentioned that. Uh, Quite interesting is a good one. Uh, eight out of ten cats, and eight out of ten cats does countdown. Do they have their version of like match game or something? Uh, well, I mean. Not not in that sense, but like the so for instance, QI is a show where they have four people on and they ask them questions, and if they give the the obvious answer, they get a big klaxon and they uh, and they uh, they lose points. It's but it but it you know it doesn't really how amazing how amazing would it have been in like the '60s to have all these like drunk British stars like mm. just having like Oliver Reed and or, or not Oliver who am I thinking of Oliver Reed Oliver Reed from yeah. Gladiator. Yeah. yeah, Oliver Reed and like Alec Guinness and just like oh man, to be and just like and... Uh, Richard Harris and oh that'd fucking, be so great, fucking uh, the, I don't know somebody from Kess just sitting there just getting shit. That kid from Kess yeah, just shit faced, just shitter just sitting there <laughs> the t- at the at the panel like uh, <laughs> that for their for their for the post dinner show that they tape. Uh, I also would would be remiss if I did not mention uh, Downton Abbey, which is the the local, the current hotness, I suppose. Well, maybe not that current because the show's over now. So, but there so, is a movie coming in yeah, the fall sometime. My my lovely fiance, uh, wife to be, is I am? super excited. Not you, oh. not yet. Okay, you're, you'll be my second. Oh, uh, uh, significant. I'm husband. glad you're planning that already. Yeah, I, I always introduce her as my first wife. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, Downton Abbey is very good. It's a period piece from the uh, early part of the century and about the trials and tribulations of the the Gratham family. Uh, wonderful actors, beautifully made show, compelling, interesting, a lot of tragedy because uh, it's, you know, British people, so there's always going to be tragedy because they just can't smile, can they? Um, so check that one out. Uh, it's available on uh, Netflix last I checked, so at least here in Canada. I don't know about you Americans. One a British show that I really loved growing up, uh, and was one of those great like late night things that a friend introduced me to was Red Dwarf. I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert. <laughs> Wait, it's not on the radar yet, but I can smell it. Nothing here. Nothing on long range, sir. Is it possible you could have made a miss smelling? <laughs> Listen, butterpet head. <laughs> My nostril hairs are vibrating faster than the springs on a Spaniard's honeymoon bed. I'm telling you, there's something out there. Don't get your double helix in a straight. No one's questioning your nasal integrity. Have you ever heard of Red Dwarf, Brendan? I've heard of Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf is a science fiction uh, comedy sitcom set aboard uh, the Jupiter mining vessel Red Dwarf. And it centers on a guy named Dave Lister, who is a, uh, what is he, a technician third class. Any relation to Tony Lister? No. Okay. No. Uh, Dave Lister does not wrestle. He's not Zeus. No. Okay. Uh, 
But anyways, yeah, so the, the basic plot of it is that Dave, uh, he, he has a boss named Rimmer, who's a technician second class. Rimmer's a total prick. So Lister smuggles a cat onto the ship because he has a cat named Frankenstein, and he wants to take her with her with him. But uh, they're not allowed to have pets on the vessel, so he smuggles his cat on, and he gets caught with the cat. Uh, and so they decide that he's forfeited his pay and everything, and they put him in stasis. So it's like, we're, the mission's 18 months. You, you forfeited your pay by breaking the rules, so you're going into stasis, and we'll drop you off when we get back. So while he's in stasis, Rimmer goes to repair a, a panel on the ship and ends up irradiating the entire vessel and killing everyone aboard, including himself. Uh, so Holly, the ship's computer, has to wait three million years for the background radiation to die down, and then once it does, he wakes Dave up. And so... In that first season, the only people, the only human being on the ship is Dave, uh, and <laughs> um, Holly recreates a holographic version of Rimmer, uh, his asshole boss, to keep him sane, even though it drives him crazy. It's a weird. Holly's very strange. But then the other character that shows up on the ship is called Cat, who is a, a an evolved descendant of uh, Dave's cat Frankenstein. Okay. So he's a character. And then of course in the second season we get Crichton, who is a, a like an android essentially. The writer of Jurassic Park. Yes, the writer of Jurassic Park. He is a, he's an android and he's very funny and uh, he uh, has a an attachment in his crotch that he can c- connect a vacuum hose to and vacuum with. Um, it's a very funny show. I highly recommend it. It, it gets it's weird because uh, so it was created by Rob Grant and Doug Naylor. And after Doug Naylor was it or was it Rob that left? One of them left, and the show got more sci-fi, and then went back to comedy again. Like the six, like the fifth and sixth series are super sci-fi, and they're really good. But it's a great show all around, and I highly recommend it. What else have we got here? Faulty Towers. John Cleese is amazing. The episode called The Germans has one of the best lines in history, which is they're arguing about something, and there's German people staying at the uh, at the hotel. And, uh, is this uh, the Rowan Atkinson one? No, this is John Cleese. What's the Rowan Atkinson TV show? Mr. Bean. No, no, there's another... That, we'll get there. It's okay, on my okay, list. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so... <laughs> I know fucking Mr. Bean is an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> John Cleese is not Mr. Bean. So, yeah, so the, these Germans are in the hotel, and something has gone wrong, and, and Cleese says something to them, and the Germans go, You started it! And Cleese goes, No, you did! In 1939, when you invaded Poland! Will you please call your wife immediately? Sybil! Sybil! She's in the hospital, you silly girl! Yes, call her there! I can't! I've got too much to do. Listen, don't mention the war. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it all right. So, <laughs> it's all forgotten now, and let's hear no more about it. So that's two egg mayonnaise, a prawn gerbils, a Herman Goring, and four colded salads. Oh, wait a moment, I got a bit confused here. Sorry, I got a bit confused because everyone keeps mentioning the war. So could you... What's the matter? It's all right. Is there something wrong? Will you stop talking about the war? Me? You started it? We did not start it. Yes, you did. You invaded Poland. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the, the phrase, don't mention the war, is often used in that episode, which I find very funny. But yeah, it's like, literally, it's like, I think, maybe 11 or 12 episodes. It's two series, and it is, every episode is gold. I mean, that's another thing we should mention, too, is that... If you're watching British TV, guys, it's generally pretty short. Yeah, yeah. And, and Six episodes a season. Often the... And they're called series. Traditionally, like, with an, if you watch an American sitcom, traditionally American sitcoms are written with writer's rooms, uh, where you have a bunch of people in a room, and they all pitch jokes, and they all kind of work together, and there's usually one person that gets credited on the episode, but everybody yeah. pitches in, right? It's like The Simpsons, too. Yeah, Simpsons is like that. Like, yeah. pretty much every American show is like that. Some British shows are like that. There is a sitcom from the early 2000s called My Family, which is very funny, and it is written in that same way. 
Um, but most British shows are usually written by one or two people, and they usually write the entire six episodes themselves, or six or eight, or whatever they're writing. Totally different style. Very different style, and it, and you know, and, and it has its advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, and uh, uh, we like them all. Uh, the show you were thinking of is called Blackadder. The Rowan Atkinson one? Yes. Uh, yeah. Of which there have been four TV shows and a short and um, other ancillary things they've always done over the years. But the basic premise of Blackadder is that it's about a character named Blackadder. In the first season, it's about this like medieval guy who's real kind of dumb. Uh, but he's like in line to the throne or something. But then after that season, Blackadder 2 is set in the Renaissance. Blackadder 3 is set, I think it's in the like Georgian or the Vic- Georgian era maybe. And then Blackadder 4, a.k.a. Blackadder Goes Forth, is set in World War One, And that's the one I have on my list, Blackadder Goes Forth. That is the best Blackadder series, and Rowan Atkinson plays Blackadder, who is just, again, a total asshole. <laughs> he, he's, he's just a terrible person. And, uh, and he can't talk, and he bumps into things. I got it. Uh, Mr. Bean. Christmas socks. He can talk sometimes. And then he's always accompanied by Baldrick, who is his dog's body. He's like in some in what in like the earlier ones, he's like a manservant, and in the war one, he's like his adjutant. He's so that's uh, where you heard the term dog's body. Yeah, uh, Tony Robinson, I believe, plays him. He's very funny. Um, and then Stephen Fry also shows up in the show. Uh, a bit. Host of QI, he plays uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Colonel Melchett. Uh, and who has a, uh, an adjutant named Captain Darling, who he always calls Darling, which is very funny. But yeah, it's only six episodes. It's great. It's one of the best endings of any sitcom ever. It's tragic, but because it's World War I, uh, highly recommended. Rowan Atkinson doesn't get enough credit for his comedy abilities to be a shithead. He's mm-hmm. so good at it. And most people know him as Mr. Bean because he's real fun. But um, you should also watch him in Four Weddings at a Funeral because he's yes. great in that too. Yes, he's great in he's that. He's not a shithead, but I mean, he's not Mr. Uh, Bean. Uh, also, I'll just mention briefly a bit of Fry and Laurie. Well, you mentioned uh, Fry. I was going to ask Stephen if Fry, yes. was in that show. Uh, he was not in... Uh, yeah, actually, yes, he was in Blackadder. Okay. In Blackadder 3, he plays King George. And again, here's the thing. If you mention Hugh Laurie, most people say House. House, now, yeah. They don't absolutely. even see him as like this British sketch comedy and guy. he's also in Blackadder Goes Forth as a character named George, who is like kind of an upper-class twit who is in, uh, in Blackadder's unit. And we've talked about him on the podcast because he was in Sense of Sensibility. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, he was, yeah, because he was that very serious, annoyed uh, uh, husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one I'm going to mention, um, I mean, I'm sure there's more, and this one I have to go back and watch again because I've so seen So wait, it is it a bit of Fry and Laurie like Monty Python-style sketch comedy, or is yeah. it like... <laughs> It's it's not quite that random okay. uh, or or that like like out there, but it has some very funny stuff. There's one sketch that sticks to mind where he. <laughs> I think Stephen Fry is playing a police officer, and Hugh Laurie is a gentleman coming in to do to, to give him an interview about something that had happened, and he asks him to give him his name, and he says, "My name is Mister," and he picks up a pencil and drops it. <laughs> and that, your name is what? He's like, "My name is Mister Clunk." <laughs> I think I've seen that. Yeah, um, I gotta say too, guys, if you want to see a great uh, little clip, look up. Uh, there's a clip where Hugh Laurie is used to debunk this uh, mind reader. Mm-hmm. And it's great because they they put him in the audience to be the person that gets picked. Is it J- is James Randi doing this? Is I think James Randi is trying nice. to catch someone. Yeah, I think so. And uh, all the things he says are just completely wrong. And you have Hugh Laurie just be just very very polite, but being like, uh, no, I don't, no, no, I don't no, have I a sister. So. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's it's great. It's got to watch it. But yeah, the last one I want to mention here because I noticed it on the list, and I have seen bits of this one. It's called The World at War. 
It is a 26-part documentary series about World War II. It is narrated by Sir Lawrence Olivier and is one of the definitive like accounts of World War II, at least from the British perspective. Mm-hmm. Fascinating one. It, Does I he do it, recommend it as as if it's a stay uh, a play? It's on all the in Globe iambic Theater. pentameter. Yes. Is it on the Glo- is it at the Globe Theater? Is what I'm saying. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They, exactly. It's, it's all play being played out. World yep. War II is a play. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend that one. A lot of DVDs. So uh, bring some extra straps for your backpack if you're taking it to your friend's house. <laughs> Uh, one other one that I have on my list that I don't know a lot about, but I've seen a couple episodes of, and, and I it's worth checking out. It's maybe not as relevant now because it was kind of a news spoof, but it's called Brass Eye. Over the centuries, man's relationship with animals has been complex. In ancient Egypt, felines were worshipped because the Egyptians thought they were funny. Many of today's familiar relics are cat monuments. These vast cat heads were built underground and seen by no one. Europe, too, has its animal traditions. In Zaragoza, the streets still get crazy with the annual running of the wasp. In Britain in the last century, it was quite acceptable for a young gentleman to lose his virginity to one of London's many whore dogs. And it it stars this Chris fellow who played Denim on the first season of IT Crowd. And it is, like, you you think about news satire in in North America and you think about, like, The Daily Show and you think about uh, uh, John Oliver. Although to call John Oliver news satire, I mean, they do some real fucking journalism over there. But I mean, news um, satire, you get on, like, Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. Weekend Update or This Hour is 22 Minutes for our Canadian uh, listeners. Um, but, But Brass Eye is a fucking vicious vicious type of show and it's not even dealing with specific people but just the kind of like the things that's satirizing the attitude is a very mean and vicious uh, slant to it in the in a way only british people can have and i highly recommend it it's out there on youtube actually so look it up brass eye fascinating uh is there anything else you'd like to say honestly jason like i mean the it crowd money python you mentioned uh it's, there's not a lot. I, I'm not very well versed. You should dig in. There's there's a lot of good stuff to be found in British Game of TV. Thrones is a great British show sure, yeah. that I've never seen. I mean, is it British? It's got uh, British people on it. People have accents in it, so That's I'm true. assuming. Well, you uh, know, they're foreigners, so they The Big Bang British. Theory is this great show from Brighton that yeah. I have yet to dig into. <laughs> oh, we're nerds, we are. We love being nerds. Uh, <laughs> we're virgins. <laughs> yeah, fuck that show. <laughs> um, no, I'd, yeah, this is your bread and butter. I don't have a lot, honestly. So, the IT crowd, Monty Python, watch them. Uh, and all those shows I said, watch those too. Yes. But uh, that's so that's that's our mini-sode there for the British stuff, but we've got one last piece of business to take care of. We do. We can't call this a tiny-sode, because it was a bit longer than you thought it was Yeah, that's true. Be. It was a little longer. Uh, but we do need to, yeah, we do have some business. What is that business, Jason? we got to roll some dice. And for what purpose? To determine what movie we will watch on next week's episode. Yes, because the number that we get on this dice will uh, be the number on the BFI Top 100 that we talk about. You will be rolling these dice, Jason, and I will have the British Film Institute Top 100 list at my ready. You hear it, folks. You hear those dice. They are real. They are in my hand. They are clicking together. And what do we know about these dice, Jason? Give us a little history lesson. One is green. They are D10s. They are straight from the Dungeons & Dragons world. Yes. All right, let's uh, let's do this. All right. I'm ready. We have 70. 70? 70 flat. 70. All right. What do we got here? 70. 
We can't do 70, Jason. We already do it? We already did Goldfinger. Oh, okay. Gotta do a re-roll. All right, let's do it one more time here. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get Dr. No. We'll get that out of the way. Let's see. <laughs> we have 56. 56. 56. 56? Okay. We're going back to kitchen sink dramas, my friend. Oh, yay. Because we are doing... 1961's Ooh. A Taste of Honey. Mm. Tony Sounds Richardson. sexy. Uh, nope, don't know anyone that's in it. <laughs> well, who's the top billed actor? Um, Dora Bryan. Don't know her. Robert Stevens. Oh, don't know him. Murray Melvin. Still don't know him. Paul Danqua. Nope. Rita Tushingham. No, I've never heard of these people. Directed by, <laughs> directed by Tony Richardson. Okay. Tony Richardson, who we have not covered yet, but actually has three movies on this list. Oh, okay. So, could you sing drama? You ready? Ready to go I'm back ready. to that well? We're ready to do it. All right. What? Oh God. What am I? What am I even doing, Jason? I don't know, Brennan. I. Oh, sod it! I never wanted to do this. I never wanted to be a a podcaster. Okay? No. What did you want to be, Brendan? I don't wanna I don't wanna rabbit on all day about, about British movies and kitchen sink dramas and What is it you wanted to do, Brendan? I wanted to be a lumberjack. Bum 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 Leaping from tree to tree as they float down the mighty rivers of British Columbia. The giant redwood the large the fur the mighty Scots pine, the lofty flowering cherry, the plucky little aspen, the limping rue tree of Nigeria, the towering wattle of Aldershot, the maidenhead weeping water plant, the naughty Leicestershire flashing oak, the flatulent elm of West Ruslip, the Quirsus Maximus Bamber Gascogny, the Pagillus. The part of Hueyus Greenus with my best buddy by my side. We'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night. I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees. I eat my lunch. I go to the lavatory. <laughs> On Wednesdays I go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. I cut down trees, I skip and jump, I like to press wildflowers. I put on women's clothing and hang around in bars. <laughs> Jumps, he likes to press for flowers. He puts on women's clothing and hangs around in bars. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple of brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones too. 
So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh yeah. Everything I learned from movies With a one last plot holes a gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Steven at eilfm.podbean.com. So I was out with this girl the other night, and she said that she hated Star Wars. Can you believe that? I could top that. My latest date told me he didn't like black and white movies. What? Do you have a movie deal breaker? Is there a film you love so much that if your significant other didn't like it, it would be Splitsville? We're dating hosts Greg and Lauren, and in our podcast, Movie Date Night, we introduce each other to our favorite movies and see if our relationship can survive. And if our partners appreciate the movies as much as we do. Find us wherever podcasts are available and follow us at Movie Date Night on Facebook or Twitter to talk movies with us.